Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Home is so much more than a house. It's the home of your dreams. For 30 years, they've been making a better Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. Sunday, the NFL and CBS features the Chiefs taking on the Titans or an NFC encounter between the Lions and Bears at Soldier Field. All beginning with JB and the guys on the NFL today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on CBS. Our toll-free line, 855-212-4CBS, brought to you by GEICO. Great news. You can save a bunch of money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Doing more is brought to you by the Home Depot. Visit HomeDepot.com for details on flooring appliances and bathroom home improvements. The Home Depot, more saving, more doing. Let's take a look at the players doing more for his team. How about Kyrie Irving tonight? He had 39 points, nine dimes, four rebounds, three steals in the Nets, 10-point win over the Pelicans. Kyrie doing more for his team. Brought to you by the Home Depot, more saving, more doing. All right, it's time to hook up with our good friend, uh, Jim Trotter from NFL Network and NFL.com. He was at uh, Lipstick City yesterday for the Chargers win over the Packers. And, Jim, how you doing, buddy? I read your column on the game, and I thought it was really good because you basically, in in essence, uh, you know, I came away with it wondering, who are they? Are they real or not? Because they've had all these uh, close games uh, where they've lost by a touchdown or uh, whatever to the, you know, Texans, Browns, Steelers, and then by field goals to the Lions and Titans, and they could have lost a couple of games that teams missed field goals against them. So who are they after you watched them play? Do you believe in this team still? I can't, you know, to answer your question, the Cliff Notes version is I don't know who they are. Um, they are so schizophrenic. They seem to play to the level of the competition. And as Philip Rivers said after the game, you know, it seems like it takes – a game where everyone is saying they have no chance for them to step up and play the way that, that many of us expected them to play coming into the year. So, look, there's, they, they've been banged up much of the year. At one point they were down seven starters, I believe, but they're starting to get some people healthy again. And they've got a tough uh, uh, third quarter of the season. If they get through that, okay, then they've got a shot to, to make a run. Tell me about this, uh, the new, uh, like the quarterback's coach is calling the plays now. Is that accurate? Yeah, it's very accurate. They they fired offensive coordinator Ken Wisenhunt a week ago tonight, actually. And, you know, there were philosophical differences between him and head coach Anthony Lane about not only how much to run the ball, but how to run it and when to run it. And so Anthony Lane made the change. And now what it was on, on uh, Sunday, it was a real collaborative effort. You know, the quarterback's coach was calling the plays, but what he would do is – you would have a huddle of guys at key moments in the game. You'd have Anthony Lynn, you'd have the receivers coach, the offensive line coach, the tight ends coach. And the QB coach would say, look, this is what I'm thinking. Here are two plays. And let's say um, you're going to throw the ball in that situation. Well, the wide receiver coach may say, look, go with the first play. The second one doesn't match up well with what we're trying to do with the skill set of this player. 
And so they would do it that way. So it was a real collaborative effort. I thought it would be much more chaotic with so many voices involved in the process. But everyone I spoke to after, coaches, players, said it actually went pretty smooth. Are they, uh, you know, Jim Trotter with the NFL Network, are they uh, positive about seeing, like, Gordon and Eckler bang out a buck and a half? I think they had, like, somewhere around that between the two of them. I mean, why aren't they pounding those two more than if that's going to be effective? Well, they did run well. They, they had a uh, season-high 159 yards rushing. You know, one guy had 80, one had 70. Melvin had two touchdowns. It was the first time this season since ending his holdout that he actually started to look like the Melvin Gordon we're familiar with. Um, again, it gets back to philosophy. And, you know, when Ken Wisenhunt was calling plays, you know, Anthony Lynn, I think, felt that they were trying to operate too much on the perimeter, that they weren't necessarily committed to the run game. And so what they did yesterday is they ran between the tackles an awful lot. Now, what's interesting is when you talk to Phillip Rivers and others after the game, they were kind of surprised that the, the Packers did not adjust their defense. They kept lining up their four-man front. They didn't bring a lot of blitzes. And because they didn't make a lot of adjustments, what Phillip said is, look, we just kept running some of the same plays out of the same formations. They ran a lot of 13 personnel and basically said, we're not going to change until the Packers change. And when Green Bay didn't, uh, Los Angeles just kept running the ball. Did you, uh, like, when you went to that game, when you were headed over there to see that game, were you in, in some capacity or another thinking, I'm going to go watch Aaron Rodgers light it up today like he does every week? Were you surprised? Uh, did you have that feeling going in that you were going to see, like, Rodgers do his thing or that Rivers and Rodgers were going to put on a show? Because I thought it looked like to me like Aaron Rodgers, uh, it was just like one of those days where they were just taking the day off. No, look, anytime you go see Aaron Rodgers, you're expecting to see a show. I mean, we're talking about one of the greatest ever. So, yes, I, I was expecting to see more. You know, but with I think it was ten and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Packers had been outgamed in total yards, uh, 404 to 84. Now, no one, no one could have convinced me that that's what I was going to see. And after the game, I talked to Casey Hayward and said, look, you're a former teammate of Aaron Rodgers. Have you ever seen him? Uh, playing a game like that where he struggled that much or the off their offense struggled that much and he said no you really have to go back and check it you know statistically he couldn't remember it but I think Aaron said it best after the game they got humbled they weren't necessarily focused and ready but part of it too you know Scotty was that early in the game their first few series they hurt themselves a lot with penalties you know so they were consistently in third and long and that was the game plan for the Chargers coming in as it related to defending Aaron Rodgers was to say look we have got to be effective on first and second down and put him in third and longs because if you don't, you know, he's going to pick his poison and, and, and you're in trouble. So they did a good job defensively getting after him, but Green Bay was its own worst enemy early in that game in terms of the penalties that it took. What do you think of uh, the kid Aaron Jones for the Packers? I like him a lot, you know, but I'll say this. That was one of the things yesterday I thought that, that – you know, Matt LaFleur got away from the run game. Uh, I think he had, what, only 10 rushes? You know, that's a guy you've got to feed more. And, and look, you could say they got behind early, but it was 9 to nothing at the half, so it's not like they were some great distance behind. Um, Green Bay is at its best when it's balanced, and yesterday it was not balanced. What do you think, uh, Jim Trotter, of the problems the Browns are having? <laughs> Um, I laugh only because I was one of those people who was kind of riding that train uh, before the season that they were going to be pretty good. But the one question I had, and I said it then, was 
the one unknown here is the head coach, Freddie Kitchens. How is he going to be able to manage these personalities? Will being the head coach as well as the play caller be too much? And I think we're seeing some of that happening here. Um, the other thing here is I think you have a quarterback who, you know, I think felt entitled almost after his rookie season and thought that it was just going to come. You know, it's I've not I've rarely seen a young quarterback, a first year, second year quarterback, talk as much as 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 you know Baker Mayfield does. And so, um, I think they've got some internal issues. I don't understand why you would bring in a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. and then not feature him. They simply have not been able to get the ball to him. And you saw opportunities yesterday where he was winning one on one battles and the ball was not coming in his direction. That's a problem that has to be addressed. There's no doubt about it. Jim Trotter, uh, the great writer and reporter for NFL Network and NFL.com with us on the bench. What do you think of the job Russell Wilson's doing? How about that game yesterday in overtime that he led them down and they scored? And he, you know, threw five touchdown passes. The guy has been unbelievable this year and only one pick. And after they blew that lead and then to get it done again, I mean, it really says a lot about what he's doing. You know, Scotty, I'm not I'm not surprised at all. This is what we've seen from him every year. He kind of, in some ways, I know this sounds funny, talking about a guy who's the highest-paid player in the league and who has been to Pro Bowls and whatnot, but at times he seems to fly under the radar and never get the full credit that he deserves. I mean, he is simply a tremendous player. I know initially in the preseason when we talked about MVP candidates, he was my choice, and then I changed it going into the season after DK Metcalf got hurt and said, well, who is he going to throw to? So let me back off and I end up switching. Um, but Russell's been phenomenal and, and, and he's carried that team, but he has carried that team for a number of years that he's been there. You know, the thing that's disappointed me about Seattle thus far is that I thought defensively they would get better as the season went on. And I'm not seeing that right now. And if anything, I think that's going to be their Achilles heel, but it sets up a really fascinating game a week from tonight when you've got the Seahawks, at the 49ers, you know, 8-0, I believe, versus 7-2 and should be a lot of fun. No doubt about it. What do you think of the uh, job Gruden's doing with this Raider bunch after they lost uh, Antonio Brown with all that drama? A lot of people, I think, thought they'd go down the drain and be terrible again. They've been anything but terrible. They've been in almost every game, every week that they play, win or lose. They've been fairly impressive. Yeah, I think they've done a good job with the young talent that they have. I think Derek Carr in his second year under John Gruden has really come on. And if you watch him, he's playing really well. And obviously the rookie running back, Josh Jacobs, has been phenomenal for them this year. But a key issue for them, again, as it was a year ago, is their inability to pressure the quarterback and, and, and to get sacks. And that helps your back end, obviously. You know, a defensive back's best friend is a pass rush. And to me... If they are able to address that, they would be so much more effective. But the thing that concerns me now is they're starting to have some injuries. You know, look, um, Trent Brown, the right tackle, who midpoint of the season arguably have been the best right tackle in football, has been banged up a little bit of late, and he's got to be effective, in my opinion, for them to get to where they want to go. So I'm uh, the Vikings-Chiefs game was great, and Moore's done a decent job. Now I'm assuming they're going to get uh, Mahomes back this week. Is that about right? Uh, he's in consideration for it, but nothing final yet. Wow. Uh, what do you think of that uh, team, how they've played in his absence? Uh, is there a head coach who does more with a backup quarterback than, than no. Andy Reid? No. I mean, he's just phenomenal when it comes to his ability to, to plug and play at that position where most teams you lose your starting quarterback 
Um, it's a very difficult time. So Andy Reid is just one of the best to have done it in terms of play calling and, and developing quarterbacks. And um, they did not miss a beat for the most part. They were able to stay above water with, with Mahomes out. And now they've got a chance, if he does come back this week, to go ahead and try and make that run and make their push for a high seed in the playoffs. Do you think that Adam Gase is doomed in New York in, in his first season? It seems like he's walking around like a zombie. Look, you know, it's funny. I was having this talk with another GM tonight. We were talking about, you know, which head coaches might get let go after the year, that sort of thing. And I think if you're the Jets, you have to have a serious conversation about that because what I'm seeing from the Jets at this moment is very disturbing in terms of the regression of Sam Darnold. You know, Adam's supposed to be the quarterback whisperer. We're not seeing um, Darnold take that next step. And just the overall feel, there's a vibe that just isn't right with that club. And, and, and part of creating a culture and that vibe falls on the head coach. So would I be shocked if a change were made after the season? Not at all. So this guy, Deshaun Watson, he blows out the Jags in London, and he's just been incredible to watch play football. What a badass. <laughs> Without question. The one thing I would like to see him do is not hold on to the ball so long and take some hits that – you would like to see him avoid, but man, what a tremendous player! And and beyond that, Scotty, he's an even better person than player, and that's the thing that's so so special about him. Um, I remember when he was coming out in the draft, one of the guys who was training him said to me, "You know, this guy is special. This guy has it. You know, he's going to win multiple Super Bowls." And I'm like, "Wow, you know, you know, you've worked with a lot of top young quarterbacks. I've not heard you speak about a guy like that." And he said, "No, this guy is special." And as I watched Deshaun Watson, I don't know that he's going to win multiple Super Bowls, which is not because of him, but what's around him. But no question, he's just a special player. What do you think of T.J. Watt, the way he's playing for the Steelers' defense? He's playing well, but that entire unit is playing well. And I think the key was getting, you know, that middle linebacker position addressed with Devin Bush Jr. You know, when they lost Shazier, that was a major loss defensively in terms of the speed at that position, be able to go sideline to sideline to bring pressure and at times cover. And now they feel like they have that guy. That guy, And when you pair him with, with the talent that was already there, you know, Mike Tomlin's doing an incredible job this year considering the injuries that they've had, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. So I'm always fascinated when I hear Steeler fans talk about wanting to get rid of Tomlin. You've got a guy who's been there, what, 12 years? Never had 12, 13 years, never had a losing season. I can think of a lot of franchises that would love to have a head coach like that. No doubt. Lastly, uh, Carver High just uh, said something in my ear that if I don't ma mention uh, the Bills to you, that he was going to punch me in the face. <laughs> okay, you mentioned them. What's your question? I mean, you got to like the way they're playing defense and the way they're winning. You can say whatever you want. They're 6 and 2, and uh, they got a big game in Cleveland this week. They just keep winning. That's all that matters, and they're sort of flying under the radar. Um, they're a talented club. Uh, I like Josh Allen in terms of, of, of seeing what he can bring. Now, obviously, he has some things that you would like to see him grow through, and I think he's going he's going to continue to mature. But I like what I see from them. And a young running back, um, he's a stud, man, and he's got a great teacher and, and one of my favorite players of all time in Frank Gore. So, uh, no, the Bills are, are a team that – if you don't come prepared to play, 
um, you'll be disappointed as you walk away from the stadium with a loss. Yeah, I want to see them on the road this week in Cleveland. Do it there and prove that they're legit and six and two. That they can go anywhere. It doesn't matter who they play. I think the Browns stink, but it'll be like one of those weeks where they show up all of a sudden because they're so desperate. Trots, great stuff as always. Loved your uh, piece on the Chargers. Uh, always love having you on the bench, brother. I'll catch up with you real soon. Thanks for coming on CBS Sports Radio as always. I appreciate you, buddy. All right. Uh, Jim Trotter with NFL Network with us. 855-212-4CBS. Under two minutes now in MetLife. 30 to 18 Cowboys. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. Carver, how you watching the uh, Edmonton-Arizona game? You got a little action going or no? No, I'm watching the end of this giant game. I need one catch from Evan Ingram here. I'm not going to get it. Yeah, that didn't go well right there, that 20-yard sack. I have to say, uh, Edmonton just tied it up with uh, four minutes to go. And um, I think it was Cassian, maybe. Both anyway, these teams have been good early on. Edmonton, right? Uh, Arizona's been a surprise, right? Like they have they. I think they're the surprising team in the league for like an average team that's doing well. They just missed. They had that run last year where they just missed the playoffs. Right. And now they've come out this year and they've kind of stuck with it. Yeah, they've been pretty good. I think all things being equal, you didn't tell me though who you think. Uh, should uh, and I know the list is long, but the Florida State job. Like, do you think I'm crazy with Brent Venables? I don't think you're crazy. I I think that I don't think that he's. You think they should go after Fleck? Um, he might be the best coach. He might be. I think that they're going to want a bigger name than the Clemson defensive coordinator. Really? Because he, yeah. he isn't he like uh, he's one of the hottest names in coaching right now for a head coaching job next year. He is. But I think that Florida State, big money, big boosters, they're going to want a brand. They're going to want a name. But we, we've established tonight on this show that they're broke. I mean, they have blown $50 million on coaching fails in the last three years. Have they not? I mean, I know that it sounds crazy, but they've admitted that they, they're in a, a real pinch with the money. They, I mean, they have literally – I don't even know where it's going to come from. Oh, no, a fumble, and they're going hizzy. There's a flag on the play, though. Cowboys are going hizzy, but there's a flag, so we'll see what the call is. If that's on the Giants, that's uh, hizzy, and it would be 36-18. But there's only five seconds left in the game anyway. The game's over. So uh, all that mattered was the, the backdoor cover, which I'm hoping doesn't happen because I'll have an incredible week. Mafia, did you like my uh, football picks? It was awesome in both of you. The top picks in both were just clutch. Oh, really? I didn't know what I did in college. I think you hit your top one. I think it was six of the top seven. That's awesome. And then uh, I went 5-0-1 oh, in my top six in pros. Just so you know, I only do a, a top ten in college and a top six in pros. I do all the games, but I rank my ten favorite college plays out of, like, whatever, 50 games, and then I do a top six out of the uh, pros. And I got none wrong in the pros. The only game I pushed was the Seattle game of six. They were laying six in that overtime. They won by six. So uh, I, I've just been, once again, killing it. Now, with this Cowboys cover and the – oh, that counted. And so now it's a cover. I had the Cowboys in minus seven. So I'm going to go over 70% again. That'll be my fifth week, Mafia, out of nine that are in the 70s in terms of betting uh, 70% and up, 79, 77, 71 twice, and now a 70% week in the NFL betting, 70% documented bets five times in the 70s out of nine weeks. That's insane. I couldn't even do that again if I tried. 
I really couldn't, honestly. Because yesterday, uh, I, I was just on fire. Like, the Steelers, I hit that, right? That was my number six pick. They should have never won that game, right? I mean, the guy lines up for what? A chip shot, 30-yarder, something like that. And he shanked it left. I couldn't even believe it. Uh, but when I, I got to tell you, when he lined up, I was like, miss it, miss it. I was thinking, you know, because he's had his problems this year. So I'm thinking, I got a shot at this. And then he missed. And then my top pick was the Panthers. My number two play uh, on the day was the Eagles. And they, they were up, what, 19 nothing or something? And then almost blew it. Uh, but they, they cov- let the Bears back in the game. Let them back in it, but they covered, laying four and a half. My number three play was the Seahawks push. My number four play was Kansas City getting two and a half at home against Minnesota. That covered. My number five play was the Raiders. How about that one? Minus two against the Lions. Cover. And the Steelers were number six. So uh, I'm just absolutely killing it. I'll go nine, four, and one in NFL spreads. And I'm going to go uh, 19, eight, and one overall in the NFL. Not yep, bad. 70%. 70% on the number, right? Correct. Oh, that's just beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, anyway, so uh, any of these names. So Stoops, you can see, because that's, that's a bigger name. Uh, Mike Norville's the Memphis coach. P.J. Fleck, I would give you that. As, uh, that'd be a nice hire. Uh, and I'd, would, ra- I'd rather be at Florida State than Minnesota. No offense to anybody. Would you rather leave? But he's building something so good there right now. If you're him, I know Florida State – on the surface, we say, wow, Florida State, like, how do you not go there? But we've talked about over the years how there's so much competition for them in that state. They're not getting the top players there anymore. I know it helps that Miami's on a downswing, too, so maybe they steal some from there. But if you're him in Minnesota, do you wait another year since you're building something good, another year or two, and then maybe even get a better job I'm than just there? Saying, uh, he, well, yeah, that that I could see, a better job. Because because if they're cash job, they're paying this guy $17 million yeah, to get Florida out of there. Florida State's a better you? job than Minnesota any day of the week. 1, and, and, and literally, I'll say this. Minnesota is what, 8-0? And they still don't matter. I mean, they don't even matter. They didn't even get mentioned. They're playing Penn State this week, and they're playing them at home, and people still don't think they have a chance. This is the first big game they're playing all year. Fair enough. But, like, the guy's done a great job. But Minnesota doesn't matter. They don't even matter in the Big Ten. They're like they're like Indiana and Northwestern. They're, they're, they're bottom middle, feeders. middle of the pack team or less in that conference. Meanwhile, they're undefeated. And right. they still no one no one cares about them. They're at not all. they're not touching the you know the heights of Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin. They're not getting up in that area. In terms they of, care more in about terms hockey. Of relevance in the Big Ten. They never will. I don't care what they do. If he got offered uh, the right money, he would go to Florida State. I would think so. Uh, Lane Kiffin, you wouldn't hire him. I would not hire Lane Kiffin for anything. Uh, what about uh, the guy Luke Fickle at Cincinnati? No. Uh, I'd hire the Clemson guy before him. What about the guy Matt Campbell at Iowa State? Everybody loves him, but it seems like the next job he's going to get is in the NFL. Oh, is that right? That's what they claim. I don't know. I mean, when you look at it, there isn't a lot of big names you can go after. I've heard that Clemson defensive coordinator guy say a billion times he's never leaving Dabo, right? Oh, is that right? He's never leaving. You're going to be an assistant the and rest he gets of his paid. life. you got to remember, he gets paid Millions. more than most head coaches in the country. He's making a couple mil. The other guy, isn't Dabo making like seven mil? Sure, but he's making more than most head coaches as an right. assistant in Clemson. Right. Well, there you go. And by the way, just so you know, there is actually college football tomorrow night. Tuesday night. We're back to that now. Tuesday night football. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Literally every day of the week now there's football. Seven days a week. 
Did you know that? There's like two games or something like that tomorrow night. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench. All right, uh, you got to sign up for PharrellOnTheBench.com. I just hit the Cowboys to win and minus seven. I ended up 70% for the week in the NFL. It's my fifth week in the 70 percentile bracket. Uh, it's just incredible. 5-0-1 in my top six plays Sunday, 9-4-1 in spreads for the week in the NFL. I mean, who does that? Me, that's who. College football Saturday, 66% overall. I hit my top five picks and six of my top seven picks. Gee, sorry I hit so many bets for you. It's It's got to be rough for you with all the money I make you. It really is. Pharrellonabench.com. Hide the money from your wife. Trust me, it's the most important thing you do. Go to my site, sign up, hide the money from your wife because you're going to be making a lot of it. Here we go. 855-212-4CBS is the number to get on the bench. So uh, tomorrow, just so you know, the two games are WAC games, or excuse me, MAC games, Kent State, Toledo, at the Glass Bowl, and Toledo's laying seven in Ball State, Western Michigan, in Kalamazoo, Western Michigan laying six and a half to uh, the Muncie Bunch, Ball State. And then on Wednesday, you got another MAC game, Miami and Ohio in Athens. Ohio laying seven there. Thursday night, Louisiana and Coastal Carolina. Louisiana's laying 14 on the road. And Temple, South Florida at Raymond James in Tampa. Temple's laying two to the Bulls there. Friday night, Central Florida at Tulsa. Central Florida laying 16 and a hook. And also Washington and Oregon State in the Pac-12. And that one's in Corvallis. And the Beavs have been pretty good when it comes to covering spreads this year. They've covered a bunch. Like six or seven of their eight games they've covered. Washington coming off another, uh, you know, they have been uh, struggling mightily. They're coming off another loss. They lost to Utah 33-28. They lost to Oregon. Then they lost to Utah before that. They beat Arizona. And prior to that, they had lost uh, at Stanford. So they've already got four losses on the season. And, I mean, they're fourth in a Pac-12. They don't even matter anymore. I mean, their season's over, right? I mean, it really is. Why don't you lose... Three, your season's over. Two, your season's over now. Three, it's really over. Four, it's like uh, you start planning on, you know, what you're going to do uh, with your girlfriend because there's no reason to watch the team anymore. you got to have better plans. Take your girlfriend out to dinner or something because your season's over. Remember when they were going to win the Pac-12, Washington, Washington, and Oregon, right? They had, and Utah was going to go to the – remember that they were going to go to the playoff. Utah was going to the college football playoff. Still might. They're still alive, but, I mean, Oregon's got a better shot than they do. They're going to meet at some point, aren't they? Yeah, I don't know um, exactly if and when they play. I'm just looking here to try to find them in terms of, you know, do they play or whatever. I don't even know. I think I'm looking for them right now. Maybe I believe they... that they would meet in the Pac-12 title game. Oh, is that what they it boils? Both, uh, stayed where it is right now. Is that what it boils down to? Yes, if they both win their, their does... sides of the division, they would play in the Pac-12 title game. It doesn't even look to me like they play this week. They don't play each other in the regular season. No. There you go. 
So I'm watching the end of that uh, Suns-Sixers game. They, I guess they beat the Sixers, the Suns, 109-103. They were up. So, I mean, the game wasn't over yet, but, boy, the Suns have been uh, playing pretty tough. They won it 114-109 over the Sixers. Isn't that Philly's first loss? I think it is. Suns have been tough, man. I got, isn't Monty Williams out there coaching them? I think he is. I told you I was watching them last week. Uh, I think it was, I don't even know when it was. Maybe it was that Monday night. Remember they, they had a, I can't remember what game it was. We were, I was watching one of their games. And it was a really good game. I'm going to look it up just because that's, that's how important it is to me. So I was watching one of their games one night, and, I, and they looked fantastic. Oh, it was the night they uh, beat the Clippers, remember, 130 to 122. And uh, now they've beaten uh, the Sixers, and then they won at uh, Memphis, too, and beat John Morant. They beat the Warriors easily. And then I think I saw them play, actually, in a tough game against the Jazz. They lost 96-95. But they've been showing up. Like, can you even believe right now, if you look at the Pacific, they're, they're second to the Lakers, not the Clippers. It's the Suns that are in second right now. I know it's nothing. They're 5-2. and two. The world's not ending. But the uh, Pacific, out of the gates, the Suns have been surprisingly impressive. And... Um, you know, they've been winning like crazy. They beat the Grizzlies on, on Saturday night. Booker had 21. And now, I don't know, uh, tonight, uh, let's look at the uh, score bo- tonight in terms of the box. And Booker had 40 tonight. The guy just continues to light it up. 40 points for Booker and four rebounds, three dimes, a block, and three turnovers. He was 15 of 19 from the floor, 3 of 4 from downtown, and perfect from the line. He almost had a perfect night. I mean, literally, 15 of 19 from the floor and perfect from the line, 3 of 4 from downtown. Hell of a night for uh, Devin Booker. The guy's an absolute badass, and he did it in uh, 32 minutes and carried the Suns to the win. 32 for Horford, 24 for Harris, and uh, I guess... Your boy didn't play. Embiid uh, has been suspended, of course, after getting in a fight. So uh, he wasn't playing tonight. I think that was the difference. They didn't have the big fella in the middle. And the Suns were able to take advantage of it. So big win for the Suns. And then I was watching earlier. We had talked about Kyrie's big night for the Nets. And they won by 10 over the Pelicans, and the Pelicans, of course, are playing without Zion Williamson. The guy that's been a stud for them is Brandon Ingram. He's been incredible. In fact, tonight in that game, he had 40, and Kyrie had 39, and he put on a show. I was watching that game before I came in, and uh, Ingram, 40, 17 of 24 from the floor, hit a three, five boards, five dimes, two steals, and then Ball had 15. He was 6 of 10. He had three threes. Everybody says he can't shoot threes. He had three of them. Holiday had 15. Hart, who they also got from the Lakers, had 14. And then for the Nets, uh, they had a real balanced night. Irving with 39. He was 13 of 21 from the floor, 11 of 11 from the stripe. Nine dimes, four boards, three steals, five turnovers. Lavert had 23. Allen, the big fella in the middle, had 18 and 10 boards. Harris had, uh, Joe Harris had 19 and four threes. 
Terrion Prince had 12 and two threes. Lavert hit four th- uh, threes. How about uh, Temple? He had three threes and 13 points. So, the, you know, I don't know if you knew this or not, but the Nets are leading the league in three-point percentage. So they've been uh, dealing from downtown. And the Blazers lead the Warriors by three at the half at Golden State at the chase at the new arena. Boy, do they have problems. Not only have they lost Curry, because I was out last week. He broke his hand. He's finished. Now, I mean, he's going to be out a while. That's that's how that's going to play out, because I broke my hand. I was out for a while. Yeah, I think they said three months or something like at that. At least. So, and then... Uh, now, Draymond's he, hurt. He's injured. And he had the, the quote of... Uh... You know, the quote of the day right there where I believe he said something to the effect of, well, you know, for five years we've been beating up on everybody around the league. I guess it's our turn to take it this year, you know. And he ain't he ain't kidding because if he ain't playing and Curry ain't playing and isn't D'Lo not playing either, isn't D'Angelo Russell out too? He's out. He, he's not playing either. So, yeah, they're going to get uh, – and you know what's going to happen here. This is going to be like uh, – what was the year the Spurs sucked and they ended up getting Duncan when they were a pretty good team when right. Robinson got hurt? Golden State's going to be bad this year. Curry's going to be out for months. Green will be hurt. And then they'll get a great player. They're going to end up somehow getting some great player in, like, the top five and just add him in there with next year with a healthy Curry, a healthy Thompson, a healthy Green, and they'll be right back to where they were getting on a title run. So they'll take a one-year break this year and get right back to it next year. I think so. Uh, Lillard has 17 tonight so far, Dame uh, for the Blazers. Uh, Hassan Whiteside has 16. McCollum has nine. They're up five now in the uh, – actually, it's up, they're up three, 65-62, early third. I'm watching the game as we speak. We'll see how uh, atrocious the uh, Warriors are. They were starting a bunch of uh, no-names, uh, rookies and everything else, Pashall, uh, and then Robinson, Cauley Stein, Bowman, whoever the hell that is, and uh, Jordan Poole has five. Spellman, Chris, Burks, Lee. I mean, he's throwing everybody out there in the kitchen sink, too. Your boy, uh, Kerr. You think he's having fun now coaching this bunch of ragtags? Going to hurt that great record he's had the first couple years he's been a coach in the league, right? His first five years as a coach, it's been... Nothing but wins. Nothing but wins. He's going to take a hit on that win percentage after this year. Oh, it's going to take a huge hit because they're losing every night. Nothing like a big uh, 20-62 and year to help that. Are they better off losing? Yeah. They're better off just tanking. Might as well. I mean, what's the point? Now, they had traded their first-round pick to the Nets in the D'Lo... Thing, but it's protected in the top 20. So they keep the pick. They're going to be in the top 20. I like their uh, uniforms they're wearing tonight that say San Francisco on the front. Can you they're believe giving it? Portland a fight here tonight. Giving Portland some problems. Can you imagine losing to this bunch? Honestly, they should be playing in my league, the Warriors, the roster they got right now. They should be playing at Lifetime. A lot of hacks out there tonight. I mean to tell you, it is Hack City. No, but wasn't the kid Pashall? He was really good at Nova. Isn't that his name? No one knows. They're like There's Bowman going in for a big bucket for Bowman there. The best thing they've got going for him is their hairdos because they don't really have anything else going for him. Yeah, look at that. They got San Francisco on the front of the jersey. I like that. That's pretty good. We've never seen that before. We've always It's going to just... be a good first year at the new building, right? Break in the new building with nothing but L's. Well, because they used to have the town on it, right, for the third jersey, so they can't have that anymore. Right. 
But the new arena's right in the city. It's right in San Francisco, right down by the water. Great arena, everybody says. I'm sure they'll build a new one in 20 years. Remember the other one? They kept that one open for 50 years, didn't they? The old one was open forever. Oracle. Oh, the baseball stadium's still open. What a dump. The Raiders and, and the A's play in the worst stadium in the history of modern sports. Is that not the biggest dump in all of sports? It really is, isn't it? I, I keep hearing people writing about it, too. Like, I, Peter King was writing about it. It's almost the last game at that place. Like, no one's going to miss that dump at all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.